0: Welcome to episode 146 of the Luke Mesia Show. Today, we are going to be talking about Ken Paxton's letter to DFPS addressing the sex change surgery issue on children in Texas. We're also going to be talking about the Supreme Court's uh, act on the heartbeat bill and the vaccine mandates that continue to plague Texans, freedom-loving Texans, including the Texas military forces, and some of the reactions to that news that we've seen. First, we're going to start with Ken Paxton's letter. Two episodes ago, 144, we talked to Matt Krause and you saw some of his actions, one of the things that came out of that was us basically talking about, and I think Matt also uh, acknowledged during that conversation, you know, I'd take a yes or a no, we just kind of need an answer on this issue. Uh, We told you that Greg Abbott's trying to cover for his uh, lack of support and his unwillingness to support laws that protect children from being sexually transitioned, and so he asked DFPS to make a ruling with this really finely worded letter that only said that the physical surgeries could be child abuse. Um, And then, of course, lawmakers said, hey, I need to know what else is child abuse? Is this child abuse? Is this child abuse? Is this this issue child abuse? And so uh, because they then really got themselves in hot water, they said, I don't know, maybe the attorney general will tell us. And Matt Krause asked the attorney general for an opinion. He's basically come back recently with a letter to Commissioner Masters at DFPS, and he basically says, hey, Abbott asked you if this is child abuse. You said it is. I'm trusting that you're investigating people who are doing this thing that you say is child abuse. Uh, somewhat calling out CPS because DFPS all of a sudden after saying it was child abuse said we got to wait for the attorney general. And the reality is, wait, if it's child abuse to surgically remove it, then it should be child abuse to chemically, you know, mutilate or remove and all these other things. And so um, this letter, you know, in the Kraus conversation I had on episode 144. One of the things we talked about is we didn't know where we wanted to go. And I've actually kind of spent some time thinking about this. I don't know. I would rather Ken Paxton do one of two things. I'm just going to tell you. This letter is basically him saying, y'all are the ones who aren't doing anything about this. Why don't you do it? And by the way, you said in a letter that you think it's child abuse, so enforce it. Like, why are you, why are you coming to me and acting like I'm the one who has to tell you? You know how to do this. This is your job. I feel like there are two potential responses. One is Ken Paxton saying, hey the legislature makes laws and they have decided to not make a law that does this. So it's not child abuse. I wish it was, but it's not because the legislature makes the laws and they haven't made a law that said it's child abuse. And they've had four opportunities and the governor didn't put it on any of the special sessions. This is a problem. That's one thing. The other thing I wish he might do is maybe even like the complete opposite, which would be saying it's the attorney general's opinion that all of the transitioning is child abuse. The uh, the therapy is child abuse. Starts at three years old. The transition parties are child abuse. The chemical castrations, the puberty blockers, the lotion that you put over your body to create more testosterone or suppress your testosterone, give you more hormones. Maybe that's child abuse, too. All of these things could be, right? So I almost wonder if it's like one of the two extremes that ultimately Paxton needs to fall down on. But this letter is essentially him saying, hey, if you say this is child abuse, why don't you actually treat it as such? We will hopefully see some additional actions on this issue, because the problem is all the children that are still getting transitioned are still getting transitioned. And Greg Abbott's not calling a special session. He's not asking the legislature to pass it. A majority of the Texas House has already co-authored legislation to do so. The Senate has passed legislation multiple times, but they can't get it to the finish line because Dade Phelan opposes it. Dustin Burroughs has taken action to oppose it. Stephanie Click has taken actions to oppose it. And Greg Abbott has refused to support it and has opposed its passage legislatively by literally saying, I'm not going to put this on the call, even though a majority of them would vote to pass it. So that's where we're at, and that is Paxson's letter in response to Krause and Department of Family Protective Services and other people. We will see what he does regarding an actual official opinion, because this doesn't seem to be an official opinion as much as a letter to the DFPS commissioner on the issue. So this issue isn't going away, and y'all all know you can come here for information on it, because I don't really stop talking about it. The heartbeat bill, uh, the Supreme Court of Texas basically came out and said that the federal government uh, could not come against Texas enforcing this action in, in the uh, action they took. They also did say that abortion providers could continue to sue for the Tex- on the Texas heartbeat bill. And so um, they somewhat punted, but in many ways it was less bad than some of us thought it could be. So the Supreme Court's ruling was definitely more favorable than it could have been, but it was not a carte blanche. The Texas Heartbeat Act is 100% constitutional, and every single one of these people can move forward doing what they want to do. They punted some of that, but they did allow the bill to stay in effect, which does continue to empower Texans to fight for unborn children in the civil courts. And they also did say that abortion providers could continue to sue. And so we will continue some legal battles on the Heartbeat Bill, but for the moment, we also have a bill that is still in effect. And the Supreme Court argued um, a case that more fundamentally will actually decide Roe v. Wade. And so that the reality is we now have a 15-week ban that is being in discussed at the Supreme Court, heard at the Supreme Court. And I will say that Brett Kavanaugh, Amy Coney Barrett, at least seemed, um, I would say, more open to the arguments when it came to uh, undermining Roe v. Wade. And so in order to undermine Roe v. Wade, you have to basically take away the viability question, which is one of the things the court has used to kind of decide when you can and can't ban something. They've said, look, if the child is viable at 20 weeks Or more than states who ban it at that point in time are in a better position because they can argue this child is viable outside of the mother. So her right to an abortion does not uh, supersede this child's right to live because they can live apart from her. So she doesn't even have that right as much. Mississippi's 15-week ban really gets at the heart of that, though. And it says, well, we want to start protecting the child at 15 weeks, which is when the child is not viable. So they're arguing that we can defend this child's life even if it's wholly dependent on the mother. Those of us who are pro-life do not believe that the level of dependence you have on someone determines the value of your life. We've never believed that. That would be a strange ethical line to draw. And that's what the dependency or viability argument is arguing. Essentially, we acknowledge the fact that there are some people who are completely dependent on other people for their entire lives. They're born with brain damage. They're born incapable of ever caring for themselves. Now, my children, when they're little kids, they're dependent on me. My two-year-old, if I didn't take care of this kid, he would die. That is how it would work at six months, one year, two years, three. That is where they're at in life, okay? If I left the door unlocked, he walked out, tried to make it on his own, that wouldn't happen. Somebody would have to care for this person. But the fact that he's completely dependent on other people to live does not mean he's less valuable. The same as when somebody is 60 or 70 or 80 years old and they're completely dependent on other people to even live, people who are at the point and stage where they need a full-time caregiver. They're not less valuable than you and I. People who have brain damage and are completely dependent on people for everything they would have to do, function, to bathe, to go to the bathroom, to get fed. If somebody doesn't take care of them their entire life, they will not live. That person is just as valuable as you and I, and the law should recognize that. The Mississippi ban at 15 weeks puts the Supreme Court in a situation where they have to decide, does a state have the right to actually defend an unborn child, period? And that is going to be an interesting set of gymnastics for them to exercise. John Roberts is not pro-life. John Roberts is squarely at this point in the camp. Of trying to keep abortion legal in America. It seems like Brett Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett are open to the potential of siding with the more conservative justices of Thomas and Alito and then the one who sometimes votes with them, Gorsuch, who's also weird on transgender issues, but he will likely be there on the life issue. And it's all going to come down to whether Kavanaugh and Barrett are both open to moving in the right direction. It is something that all of us should keep in our prayers as we realize and recognize the place we're at and the things to work on. Um, Last but not least, we have vaccine mandates in Texas. And if you didn't realize we have vaccine mandates in Texas, you need to realize this. I want to back up for a second. Imagine there was a blue state in America. Okay. Imagine there was a blue state in America and there were a couple hundred to thousands of people being let go every single day based on a certain criteria. And that criteria just happened to target 98%, 97%, 95% Democrats. Okay. I don't know what that criteria would be. I'm not even going to venture to guess because I don't want to get myself in trouble, but let's just say there was any set of criteria and they said, well, if you don't do this, you're going to get fired. Do you think that that blue state governor and legislature would say, put their hands up in the mirror and say, guess what? Can't really do much can't pass a law that protects these people, can't can't protect these people's right. No, we're, we're going to back out. They would bend over backwards. They would abuse the law left and right to protect their people's employment because that's the way they fight. Well, in this deep red state of Texas, we don't fight that way, guys. While about a dozen states have taken legislative action to protect people from being fired, and that's different varying levels depending on the bill, what it does, how much it protects, what it— what it accomplishes, we are in a state where people are getting targeted and fired because they're not vaccinated. And based on the Virginia results, the cross tabs on the exit polling, 93, 94, 90, I don't remember, 93%, maybe 97, I think it's 93% of unvaccinated Virginians voted for Glenn Yunkin. Politically, this makes sense. Why would you not protect your people from being fired? Guys, it's so bad that members of the Texas military forces are being told that they are on the clock and they are going to be fired. Do you know who the commander in chief of the Texas military department is? Greg Abbott. Greg Abbott is the commander in chief, the commander in chief of the Texas military forces and the Texas military forces have been told you are. Will be vaccinated or you will be relieved. And they're saying, well, in order to accommodate what the federal government's doing and all these different things, we got to work around this, right? This is insane. People are being emailed by their businesses saying, hey, guess what? Get vaccinated. We're letting you go. One option, you choose. Single mothers, single-income households that are saying, this is the only position we have, and now I'm having to to decide if I put this substance in my body that the government has fast-tracked approval from the FDA in, or if I just wait, what if I've already had the virus? Did you know in Europe, if you've already had the virus, you're seen as being vaccinated? Not in America. We have this special set of criteria where we say, no, even though the people who have been vaccinated are often more protected from future disease, then the people who've been vaccinated and never gotten it. It doesn't matter. Not in Texas. We don't view them differently. And we haven't told companies to do that either. We're letting companies left to right fire anybody. You had COVID, maybe you had it twice. You have a better immune response than this person who's gotten the shot and the booster and the booster and the booster. Doesn't matter. Do this or get fired. That's what Texans are facing every single day. That's why the Republican Party of Texas has called for a fourth special session to just address the vaccine mandate issue. Um, I actually thought Brian Harrison had a good statement on this. He said four things are true right now. One, and Brian Harrison is a uh, he worked in HHSC under Trump, and now he's a state representative from Waxahachie. He said four things are true right now. Vaccine mandates exist in Texas. True. Two, Texas is uh there is confusion about mandates that's also true there's confusion about mandates three texans are losing their jobs that's true four the legislature could end all this tomorrow by passing a law uh passing a law like my proposed bill the texas covid vaccine freedom act that's also true brian harrison's bill um basically i'm going to give you the layman's Explanation: We might have him on to talk about this bill at some point. But Brian essentially is saying that you cannot be forced. A, a doctor cannot give a vaccine without informed consent. And anybody who's being told they have to get this or else does not cannot provide informed consent. Okay, so if you say, well, I want to get the vaccine, that's why I'm getting it. But if you don't want to get the vaccine, but you're having to get the vaccine, essentially doctors wouldn't be able to do it. And it would protect the medical professionals and at the same time prevent people from getting fired due to these mandates. Um, There's a lot of other legislators have come out and and over 25 have even called on the governor to simply call a special session to address this issue. Texans for Vaccine Choice has called on the governor, Texas Republican Party. A lot of people are saying, why don't we address this issue? And I keep saying that if your own people are on the chopping block, the people that are fighting in the trenches for you politically every single day, why the heck are you letting them go by the wayside? Because we have far too many elected elites that are far more concerned with what a couple moderate people who might swing one way or the other would lean towards as opposed to actually protecting their base they're cowards. It's ridiculous. It shouldn't happen, but it is happening and it's Texas and it needs to stop and I'm really excited to see so many people stepping up and saying this has to happen, this has to happen because eventually people like Greg Abbott and other politicians they cave. They cave to the pressure over time. And if they don't, it's going to there's going to be hell to pay. I just see it building, you see the momentum. And uh, so if you're a Texan, if you're concerned about these type of things, I hope this update has been helpful to you. I hope you feel a little bit more informed about the biggest things that are going on in Texas and the things that matter to the future of the Lone Star State. God bless you. God bless Texas. Thank you for listening to The Luke Messia Show. This program is brought to you by Scorecard Media. Check out texasscorecard.com to read up on all things Texas. Scorecard Media has other podcasts as well. Yeah, they're not as good as this one, but you should still check them out. Honestly, though, visit texasscorecard.com to see all the content they're producing on a daily basis. If you'd like our podcast to grow, please consider subscribing to the show on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review. That helps others find the content we're producing. Thank you. God bless you and God bless Texas.